God Conversations with Tanya Harris. So let me ask you that question. What does God say? <laughs> well, you know, thunder, lightning. <laughs> Mother Teresa, someone asked her, when did God speak to you? And she said, whenever he wants. So essentially the Bible is a collection of God Conversations, if you like. I had a vision of a car accident and I'm sitting on the couch thinking, why have I just seen this? How could I know if God was speaking to me? How could I know that that or that thought was actually just me thinking about, oh, that's that's a bad pizza. Jesus said we'd recognise his voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. How is God real for us? I can still remember at 21 years old, sitting on a beach in New Zealand, reflecting on my life up until that point. I believed in God and Jesus and the Bible, but God wasn't real to me at all. I couldn't put my finger on a single incident where I'd seen the reality of God in tangible ways in my life. Since then, I've experienced God's reality and it's changed my life completely. But I've also watched as other people have lost the faith of their childhood and their family as they've moved into adulthood. And I wonder, well, how can we help them experience the reality of God? Hi, and welcome to episode 62 of the God Conversations podcast. My name is Tanya Harris, and I'm a pastor, speaker, and founder of God Conversations, a ministry that equips you to recognize and respond to God's voice. Today, we're talking with someone who's made it his life mission to make God real for people. He's a pastor, itinerant speaker, and a filmmaker who oversees a number of ministries relating to the supernatural in his hometown in Bern, Switzerland, and beyond. You're going to love listening to what he has to say. Welcome to the show, Pastor Andrea Demiglio. Thank you so much, Tanya, for having me. It's my great privilege and I'm honored to have this God conversation with you. Andrea, you sound like an amazing person. We actually haven't met face to face, but I have been in your country and in your beautiful city as well. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you get to be doing what you're doing today? Yeah, so I didn't grow up having a media background, not at all, but it was in 2014 when I was traveling around in Asia, in particular in the Philippines that time, with a good friend of mine, and we were, you know, um, showing up in events. I was speaking in different conferences, churches, or events, and when we had an afternoon off, my another friend from the Philippines, she said, hey, I have access to a high criminal prison if you guys would like to come and join me oh. to go there. You could you could preach the gospel, you know, share the good news and all these things to the inmates. And we thought, okay, let's let's go for it. And as we went there, we got a little bit nervous because it was, um, you know, a prison somewhere in the bush yeah. up on a hill. And um, when we went in there, they were letting all the inmates out from the cells into one big room that we were in as well. So I was like, oh my goodness, you know, if this goes wrong, we are in big trouble. <laughs> but but for some reason, the presence of God was so strong in this room. We were praying for them, sharing the love of God, and they were just touched by the, by the presence and power of, of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in a very short amount of time, we were telling them how they can pray for each other in order to release healing. And after five or ten minutes sharing how this can be done, they started to mm-hmm. pray for each other. And I just remember that a, a man born deaf in one ear prayed, prayed for his friend who was up to 90% blind on one eye. And mm-hmm. then the eye completely opened up. And when they were swapping roles, the guy praying for his ear, he got healed as well. And they were just <laughs> weeping and hugging each other. Oh. And God was just doing miraculous things all over the places. 
And after that encounter was actually my friend Jonas who said that we need to make a film how mm -hmm. God is using ordinary ordinary people in the supernatural. And that's really where the idea came about. And after we were having this idea, God was just confirming that in you know various beautiful ways, using other people to give us prophetic words that we are supposed to go to this direction. In a matter of fact, just a couple of days later after this experience in the prison, my friend Jonas was going back to Switzerland a little bit earlier than I was, and it was on a Thursday night where he was on the way to the airport, and I was about to lead another meeting. And right before a meeting, a woman whom I've never met shows up, and she tells me, I prayed for you this morning and for the meeting, and the Lord spoke to me very clearly, and he said, that you have to make this documentary. And Tanya, I'm telling you, I was shocked to the very bottom of oh, my heart. And because it was her her word was so radical, you know, she didn't come up and say, I feel like God has said what she said and God told me you have to make this documentary. So that's really where everything started. Oh I love yeah. that. Okay, so you fast forwarded it, you're into the movie, you've just made this incredible movie and the idea was to help people see the reality of God, is that right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But let me backtrack mm -hmm. before we get to that because that's, that's pretty amazing. I've seen the movie, it's incredible, it has so many powerful testimonies in it. But tell us about you a little bit, Andrea, tell us a bit about your story. How did you come to encounter the reality of God for yourself? So I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, unfortunately, but I grew up in a, I think, very spiritual home. My mom was pursuing a, a lot of, you know, witchcraft, occultism, and New uh -huh. Age. And the reason why it really is, when she was 18 years old, she had a near-death experience, so she was clinically dead for about eight minutes. And in that experience, like many others, she was in a tunnel, and she saw, you know, this beautiful light at the very end of the tunnel, and she would... Mm -hmm tell me that she never felt such a peace when she saw the light and her only goal was in that experience to get into this light. And she would describe how she was able to move closer to it, but then for some reason she couldn't get into the light and as she tried, this light, mysterious light spoke to her in an audible voice saying, you don't have access here. And mm -hmm. after these words were spoken, my mom was brought back to life. She was back in the emergency room in the hospital and, you know, Everyone was happy, the family, the doctors, that she was back, but she was not happy at all because she wanted to stay with the light. Yeah. So a journey started for my mom when she was 18 years old. She was looking for spiritual things. She was searching with all of her heart for the light, but unfortunately in the wrong places and ended up in witchcraft, occultism, and new age. And then a couple of years later, I was born into this environment, having a mom, you know, pursuing weird spiritual things and then having a dad who was struggling with aggression issues and they were also mm -hmm. both taking drugs at some point. And I think to me as a young boy, the pursuit of my mom um, or my mom's pursuit of the spiritual world really opened up the spiritual world to me as well in a very mm -hmm. negative way. So, you know, I've, I've had a lot of spiritual encounters when I was younger. I would see creatures, hear audible voices talking to me. I was a very confused and I think even depressed kid having all these issues and it was a very hard time for me, you know, growing up in a world that most people can't really see or even hear or some don't even believe in. Yeah, so that really true. impacted me as a young boy, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I but, can't but again, have anything like yeah. that as a child. That's, um, 
Do you think some people are more sensitive than others, or do you think that kind of mostly because of your parents? I, I really believe it was because of my mom that I was able to recognize these things so so clearly. And mm -hmm. I know I didn't make things up. I, I, I had a key experience when I was about eight years old, and I was telling myself, hey, Andy, if you, if you see and hear the bad things all the time, there has to be the good as well. Mm. And I remember how, how a peace came upon me when I was, you know, just pondering about that truth. And from then on, I had a, another, another very gently audible voice coming into my life that would just call my name. And maybe it, would, it came twice a year, but whenever this voice would come, it would call my name very gently three times. And the first time when it happened, I was, you know, playing by myself outside. I didn't have any siblings. I'm, I'm an only child. And I was playing for myself, and the voice would come and just call very gently, like, Andy. And there was a short break. And again, Andy. Mm. And third time, Andy. And I couldn't really tell whether or not it was a female or a male voice. And mm -hmm. I actually ran home asking my mom whether or not she called me, even though I knew I was so <laughs> far away from my home, it was impossible for her, you know, uh, to... That's very like Samuel <laughs> in the Bible, isn't it? Yeah, when I, when I heard about the story of Samuel the first time, I had chills. I mean, I was totally oh wrecked and, yeah. and scared, yeah, because, you know, it was a voice that released a lot of peace into my life, but as well fear, too. It was very special. And actually, um, the reason I'm telling that is, there was one occasion where I was playing basketball with my best friend back then, and then the voice would come and call my name again. And it was mm -hmm. the only time when someone else was next to me, and when he heard the voice, he was so scared that he actually ran home. And that was a very key moment for me because it was the first time someone else was brought into it, an experience that I would have, mm -hmm. and it told me that I'm not, you know, imagining these things, but right. it's actually real. So that was nice. very helpful for me being a young boy. Yeah. So how, how was it that you came to into a relationship with Jesus then? That's a good question. I was playing soccer, and it was my best soccer friend back then who was a Christian, and so was his whole family. So he would tell me about the Lord, and whenever we would have games, our parents or my mom and his mom, they would come and watch as well. They would get to know each other, and then we would hang out with them. They were living right into the village next to us. So they were very close, and um, mm -hmm. yeah, she would tell. They would tell us about Jesus. And when I was about 10, 11 years old, so about 20 years ago, we both decided to give our lives to the Lord around the same time. And I, I watched my mom being transformed within such a short amount of time. You know, being free from drugs, being free from the weird spiritual things that she was pursuing. And it was amazing to see how my mom got on fire for the Lord Jesus. Until today, you know, she has been free. She loves the Lord, you know, she does all the beautiful oh, things so we're supposed to do in the kingdom. And I watched that as a young boy, you know, the power of God transforming my mom's life. That had a huge impact, obviously, on my, on my life, too. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like seeing someone's life turn around, is it? Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. called making God real. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so you came into ministry, you're a minister today at a vineyard church in Bern in Switzerland, one of my favourite countries in the world, I might add. Um, <laughs> and how did you come to be in ministry then? Yeah, it was never planned for me to go into the ministry, not at all. I actually 
um, tried to stay away from the Christian world because my mom, she was so much on fire for the Lord. She was going to every event, every conference, and so many times I had to join her as a teenage boy. And, you know, I just wanted to play soccer or play be soccer. with my friends. Yeah, just be a, be, be a boy and not, you know, being part of these Christian events. I always thought these people are very strange anyway, holding up their hands while they are worshiping the Lord. So I was believing in the Lord. That was not a question at all. But just the way some things were done, I thought, this looks weird. It is very strange. And I didn't want to, you know, become a person who who had to go to all these events to participate in every single Christian activity. So I was kind of resisting, resisting God. But when I was 17 years old, I had a beautiful encounter with the love of God. And it was it was back then when I said, Jesus, I'm giving you everything I have, everything I am, in order to pursue you, uh, your heart, and the kingdom of God. And I went on an outreach to Germany a couple months after that experience. I was already 18 years old. And on that mission trip, you know, they were telling us how we can pray for people on the street in order to see them healed, how we can bring them to faith. And we saw amazing breakthroughs. And for some reason... I kept doing it here in Switzerland, too, and in our city, Bern, we saw so many healings. People come to the Lord. There were amazing testimonies going on all around in our city and Switzerland, and then I started to, you know, get invitations in order to share some of the testimonies, and then later on, invitations on teach people how they can pray for the sick on the streets, how evangelism can be done in our context here in Switzerland. And then invitations came, they started to multiply, and that's, that's basically how I got in, involved into the ministry. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Marius, our pastor, he obviously um, saw my process, saw what God was doing through, through my life, through the life of my friends around me. So he asked me whether or not I would like to officially work for the vineyard to, you know, be under their leadership under day covering while I was doing the ministry I am still doing today. So it, it became very naturally. Um, it was never my intention to be in the ministry mm. at all. It just started to happen. So, yeah, as when I was 18 years old, I already started to, yeah, to preach and um, equip the body of Christ, yeah. You've already done so much, mm-hmm. and you're not that old yet. So <laughs> I, I love hearing those kind of stories about how God is so real. You can never. Uh, there's something about having an encounter with God, isn't there? You just can't argue with it. He, mm-hmm. There's a conviction that comes as a result of that. Straight after the break, I want to ask you about how you help other people um, see the reality of God in their own lives, because I know that. In life, people long for that. They want to know the reality of God, but some people struggle to experience that. So we're going to talk about that question straight after the break. When Jesus walked the earth, he said his people could recognize his voice and follow it, and that we've been given his spirit to speak to us wherever we go. That means hearing the voice of the spirit is even better than having a coffee with Jesus. Yet so many of us do not experience his voice that way. What does God sound like? And how can we know if it's Him speaking? That's why my team and I have developed a whole range of online resources that will help you in your God Conversations journey. There's blog articles, podcast videos, and an ebook designed to equip you to recognize God's voice. And they're all available free at godconversations.com. Become a part of the growing community that hears God's voice and follows it by signing up to the blog today and receiving fortnightly updates straight to your inbox. 
God wants to speak to you today clearly and personally. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. Welcome back to God Conversations. You are listening today to Andy D'Amelio, all the way from Bern in Switzerland. Andy is an incredible minister and has a real passion for making God real for people. Him and his team have recently completed an incredible Hollywood quality style documentary called Christ in You, The Voice, and with a real heart to actually help other people experience the reality of God. So I'm going to ask you that question, Andy. You've just uh, a short time ago finished this documentary that profiles a whole lot of people's testimonies and experiences of helping other people experience the reality of God. How do we do that? If you were talking to someone today who perhaps would be curious whether they know God personally or not or whether they've been in church for years but they haven't really experienced God in the same way that you have, what would you say to them? It's a very good question. You know, I think having a passion and hunger in order to experience God already is a beautiful work of the Holy Spirit inside of Mm -hmm. you. And I think hunger really is what attracts heaven. You know, when there's someone really hungry for the more of God, God will honor that. And I'm not talking about desperation or, you know, being hungry for God out of lack, but actually in the realization that we understand who we are in Christ and who Christ in us, that we are already blessed with all spiritual blessings, as Ephesians 1.3 would say. And when we start to discover the truth of who we truly are in the Bible and what it is that God has already given to us, I think it just releases such a passion to see these things come alive, to see these things, you know, get activated. And as you are in pursuit of these things, I really believe heaven will break in into your life so you can have a beautiful encounter with the Lord. And once you have, you know, just an experience or an encounter with the Lord, you can actually become an encounter for other people as well, where you can bring the reality of God all around you in order to make God real to the people that you are facing on your daily, daily, daily life. So I really want to make sure that I have, you know, experiences or encounters with the Lord because I know that the measure of the fire of God I am walking in will also be the measure of the fire of God I am able to release to the people all around me when I pray for them or give words to them. And we are really called, you know, to to host this beautiful presence of the Lord upon our lives, to be, you know, a partaker of the heavenly realities. And the more we become aware of, of the things that the Bible are, is sharing that we are, I really believe the more we will release an atmosphere of the peace of God all around us and then people can actually experience the presence, power and love of Jesus Christ through us in a very simple and natural way. Mm. I love that. I love the way in a movie it depicts people being very normal and natural about it. They're not, um, they don't have any great religious language or any, there's no music playing. It's just very, very normal interactions with people, isn't it? In fact, I I said at the start of the podcast that for me, I grew up in church and I had heard a lot about God and I knew about God, but I remember reading the book of Acts and and looking at what was happening here, I think, I've just never seen that in my life and I couldn't point to a moment in my history where I had seen God move in some tangible way that I could identify as being him. And I I remember the frustration of that. And then as you Mm -hmm. say, that, that came to a hunger for me to actually seek God and say, God, please work in my life in that way. 
um, as well. Mm-hmm. So, so tell us about the movie itself a little bit. You've mentioned it already. You mentioned the backstory and about how God spoke to you about it. But tell us about the process of um, what mm-hmm. that what that meant for you and what was your aim in making it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So our movies. We, we hope that they are equipping the body of Christ in order to do power evangelism and reaching the lost. So the first one talks a lot about how the most common fears can be overcome that hold us back from stepping out and sharing the gospel. And these fears really are, you know, the fear of men or the fear of failure. And the first movie also talks about um, the kingdom authority in the context of healing in order to bring power evangelism, healing signs and wonders onto the streets. And our second movie that we just released talks about the prophetic. So it's called Christ in You, The Voice. And it not, doesn't only talk about the prophetic, but it will give you keys how you can grow in your friendship with Jesus Christ, how your int- intimacy with God, you know, can be deeper. Because I really believe prophecy is having relationship with the Lord. Of course, mm-hmm. prophecy is partly an Old Testament grace or a New Testament gift. But to me, it's mainly having relationship with God. You know, it's getting to know his heart for yourself. It's getting to know his heart for other people. It's where you are constantly asking the Lord, hey, Jesus, what is it about this person that you love so much? Or what was your original thought when you created that person? What's the potential and the destiny you have put inside of them? And how can I be a part of calling the gold out of the people that you have placed inside of them? So it's very relational in my opinion prophecy and you know maybe we are thinking about pursuing a gift but I really believe God is just wanting to have conversation a relationship with us and it's very natural it's supposed to be very natural for for me to have a whole army of people of Jesus followers giving prophetic words all the time so that's basically what our movie hopefully does to people to encourage them to, you know, grow with their friendship with the Lord and then out of that to grow in their prophetic gifting as well. Yeah. Well, in, in at God Conversations, we absolutely make that distinction between having the Holy Spirit and being able to hear God's voice for yourself and then prophecy then becomes hearing God's voice for somebody else. But it always happens mm-hmm. in the context of relationship and the beauty of the mm-hmm. new covenant is that we have a relationship where we can hear from God at all. And mm-hmm. um, that is without doubt the foundation for any type of ministry as well. Well, one of the things that in the movie, um, Andy, I noticed was that as people were praying, I, I'm a little bit shy. I don't, I don't do so well on going up to complete strangers on the street, I'll admit that. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I just deeply admire it. I, in fact, I've always been a bit, you know, I am a shy person mm-hmm. in that respect. But tell me, um, it looks so easy for people when they do it. Um, mm-hmm. how, what advice would you give? Say, in the course of mm-hmm. everyday life, um, we're meeting with someone, how would you activate that? God-given grace of the prophetic in that moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are so many things, you know, I, I could share. So I'm actually an introvert. So to me, after having done this for over 12 years, I still need to overcome fear. I still struggle going out and, you know, in order to approach strangers. And it's a very interesting thing, even though we've seen hundreds of people experiencing, mm-hmm. thousands of people experiencing the reality of God. But I think one thing people need to realize is that it's actually okay to have fear. I even think it's a good thing to have fear. 
because if we wouldn't have fear, maybe we wouldn't have the opportunity to trust the world, you know, we wouldn't mm -hmm. have the opportunity to have faith. So fear actually gives us the privilege to trust in the Lord as we are stepping out. So one thing I'm telling myself is I want my fear to, to take me to the place where I store my trust for the Lord. Another thing, fear also gives us the opportunity to be bold, to be courageous. You know, so many times we think that bold people don't experience any fear, but I think that's just not the truth. They experience fear as well as we do, but they are just able to overcome the fear and they accept the consequences no matter what. And the matter of the, and the problem is when you are stepping out, when you approach a stranger or you give a word to someone you don't know or you pray for healing <clears throat> for someone on the street, you're losing complete control over the outcome, over what's going to happen. But you don't know how the person is going to react. You don't know if the person is going to get healed or not, and you don't even know if the word you are about to give is going to make sense or not. So you are actually putting yourself into circumstances where you're completely lost and you have to depend on the Lord. And to me, I just see it as the greatest privilege there is to be depending on the Lord 100%. And mm -hmm. I even think that's what Jesus actually wants. He wants to have people who are depending on his Holy Spirit. And that's also the very thing the Holy Spirit is looking for. That's actually the lifestyle the Holy Spirit is saying, that's the person I want to set myself upon and display my power upon as well. And this is also the way that Jesus was living. If you think about it, when Jesus went around, he was declaring the kingdom of God is at hand, which tells me he wasn't really talking about the kingdom of God. It was not his main message because the main message was the kingdom of God is at hand. And those two little words at the, words at the end, I think, make all the difference. He was provoking people. It's here. So the people could ask, okay, where is it? And he was constantly putting himself into places where he was just depending on the Holy Spirit. So I want to live a life where I would look really stupid if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up. And that's really what Jesus modeled as well. And, you know, I felt many times there were so many words, I guess, that didn't make sense. There were so many times I prayed for people and they didn't get healed. But, hey, um, you know, I'm not living for myself. I try to tell myself it's not who I who live, but Christ through me. So I don't want to... When I have, you know, the feeling of rejection, I just tell myself, hey, how come I feel rejected if the Bible says, says I am accepted in the beloved? So I like to play around with the biblical truth in order for me to, yeah, just to be stirred up in order to, to keep it going. Or Jesus even said in, in Matthew that <clears throat> whenever he, he says it like that, when you tell others, about me, I will go before the Father and tell him about you. So when I'm out on the street sharing Jesus with others, I would imagine in my heart how Jesus is before the Father right now sharing about me because I'm in front of other people sharing about Jesus. And I think, you know, so many times I've experienced just the pleasure of the Lord when, when I knew that Jesus is telling um, his father about me and how I would get the 100% affection and pleasure of the Lord because he is actually looking how I'm talking to other people about Jesus Christ. So it's a long process. I don't think you can get rid of the fear. You cannot get delivered from it, but only through it by facing it and stepping out no matter what's going to happen. I think one of the things that um, 
I like about the movie, what it shows, and what you've also shared about is it's just about loving people. So if you mm-hmm. can think like that, instead you're not going there to perform, you're, not, you're actually just doing expression of love for people. I often find that it, whenever we offer to pray for someone, that's always an act of love and people receive that regardless. And so mm-hmm. I think that motivation helps to overcome fear instead of, mm-hmm. you know, you're not trying to perform that you're actually mm-hmm. loving that person I think is probably a real critical thing and to see people through the eyes of God I think really helps. Can, can you tell us about perhaps a favourite story from the movie just as we come to a close, Andy, your favourite story mm-hmm. about God becoming real for someone? Absolutely. So in the second movie, Christ in You, the voice, their story where Brian, a good friend of mine from the United States, they are, you know, actually they were quite hungry and wanted to go to get some burgers and as they were about to hit Burger King drive through you know they they had a word from the Lord and they yeah. were approaching the that the person on the, on the desk that knows, <laughs> yeah <laughs> drive through Burger King so you know she was about to take the order but then he had a word asking her hey um, do you have neck pain and headaches? And the first lady who was there said no. And then there was another one and she said yes. In a matter of fact, I just had surgery yesterday. And uh-huh. that her head and neck is hurting very much. And so that was a really God setup. She was able to receive prayer. And she was just filled with the power of God. She didn't really know how to react. You know, she was shaking. Weeping, oh, wow. Right in the middle of begging. At the Burger King, drive through Burger King, and there were cars behind us. Can you imagine um, that? So they were watching the whole scene from back behind, but they weren't angry at all because they had to wait quite a long time. <laughs> she was yeah. taking her time. She was taking off her headset where she would, you know, and talk to the other employees, and she was just absolutely, absolutely captured by the presence of the Lord, completely healed, gave her life to Jesus. and That's Incredible. Yeah. Man. Seeing this happening in a drive-through while someone actually is working, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, I I love this story so much. Every time when I watch it, I think I'm weeping. It's so incredible, yeah, to see God's love work. I love it. Making God real. If I wanted to watch the movie, how will I find it? Yes, you can go to ChristInYouMovie.com. You can order your DVDs on there. And we are about to launch it on Amazon as well. You can get it on Vimeo. So there are different channels. Just Google for it, and I'm sure you'll find the best way for you to get the movie. Fabulous. Well, Andy, I love what you do. It's an absolute honor to have you on the show. And maybe you can pray for people before we before we go. And anyone's out there and our listeners who perhaps um, really would love to know God in very real ways, haven't, haven't quite experienced the reality of God and would like to really start to mm-hmm. move in that. Could you pray for that for us, Andy? Yeah, sure, would love to. Oh, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Mm. We, we welcome you. And we are so grateful for your friendship, Lord. So grateful for your friendship. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, God, that you would just release this beautiful anointing of the prophetic upon everyone listening to this podcast, Mm. Holy Spirit. Stir up their hearts, their passion to pursue the friendship with you. And Holy Spirit, I I pray, Lord, that you would just open up their eyes and ears to hear and see more clearly what you have to say and what you want to do. Father, teach us how to live 
from heaven towards earth, Father, and praying that all the biblical truths that are have been hidden mm-hmm. for hundreds of years in the Bible will become real to us, Father, and praying for supernatural encounters to take place, Father, for outpourings to be to be happening right now in the rooms where people are sitting. I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord. So I'm praying for an impartation of all the things that we have seen and heard to be released into the people's life, Father, that my ceiling will become their floor, Lord, that they will just be become courageous and step out and release the reality of God to the people all around them. So your son, Jesus Christ, will become real to them, Father. Use them, use their hands, their mouth as a tool for the kingdom of God to be built. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful prayer. Thank you so much, Pastor Andy. Amen. And that website again, uh, ChristInYouMovie.com. Andy DeMeglio, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Great to have you on the show today. Don't miss the next episode by subscribing on iTunes. Search for God Conversations with Tanya Harris and click subscribe. While you're there, leave us a review so others can learn to hear God's voice too. 